Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Squiggly Queers podcast. I'm Helen Tupper. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast. And today I'm not joined by Sarah because I'm actually going to be speaking to a guest as part of our new series that we've launched this week, which is all about setting yourself up for success. It is a five part series. So every day this week, we're going to be talking to a different guest about a topic we think can really help you to be your best at work right now. We know that work feels hard for people right now, hard for a lot of us. We've all gone and continued to go through so, so much change and challenges we've not faced before. And to be honest, a lot of difficulties many of us weren't expecting. And even with the most positive mindset, and I like to think I'm pretty positive most days, it can feel really hard. And after a while, all that effort and all of that resilience can take a bit of a toll. But we know that people choose to listen to this podcast because they're passionate about their career and they're curious about how they can improve and they really, really want to take action. And so this week is all about helping you to do just that. We want to inspire you and give you lots of different tools and ideas and things that you can go away and do to support you and set yourself up for success. So we've got five topics, as I said, a different one each day of the week this week. The first one is the one today, which is putting your strengths to work. We've also got to tomorrow building your personal brand and then on Wednesday it's the power of rest followed by speaking up with confidence and finally the last of the five episodes will be on work health and well-being so today then I'm going to be talking to best-selling author and strengths guru Marcus Buckingham and I have been a fan of his work for many many years so I was quite um yeah I was really excited to talk to him actually I've got loads of his books at home he's probably one of like the business authors who I have the most copies of their different books at home now discover your strengths is one of them and go put your strengths to work is another one that I have got in our conversation we talk about the definition of strengths Marcus is quite challenging actually with how a lot of people talk about strengths and he really provoked my thinking about what the, what the real definition of strengths and weaknesses is and that actually quite a lot of us might get it wrong and that affects the action that we can take and how helpful that is in our careers We also talk about how to work out in a nice, really simple way what your strengths are. And also, if you're thinking about exploring new opportunities, how you can use your strengths and reflect on your strengths when you're exploring those opportunities. At the end of the podcast as well, I'll let you know about how you can take Marcus's standout strengths assessment for free. So just kind of listen to the end or skip there now if you want to get it. And I'll give you all the details for that. But I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and I hope you enjoy the whole week of episodes that we've got planned for you. So, Marcus, welcome to the Squiggly Craze podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. 
I would love uh, to start with our first question, to sort of join both of our worlds, to join the world of strengths and to join the world of squiggly careers and get your perspective on... When we talk about squiggly careers, we talk about people moving around, quite a lot of fluidity, whether that's in their organisation or maybe it's you know moving to other organisations. And part of our context is that we think that that helps people to develop their strengths because they can use them in different contexts, maybe different professions, different companies. I wondered what your perspective of whether squiggly careers help people to develop their strengths or whether actually staying in one role or one profession or one organisation for a long time actually helps their strengths to get stronger because they're building in one role. Have you got a perspective of whether squiggly helps it or, or staircases, climbing ladders helps develop strengths more? Well, the short answer is we don't know. We don't actually have any data on whether or not it's better to be able to um, follow one set of steps up a ladder or whether it's better to jump around. What we do know from data is that if you ask people, do you have a chance to play to your strengths every day? Less than 20% of people strongly agree that they do. It's about 16, 17% of people strongly agree that they do in the UK. We just finished this global study of 25 countries and the number doesn't go above 20%. So in general, we struggle, humans struggle to find work of any kind, whether it's part-time, full-time, squiggly, non-squiggly, we struggle to find ways in which we can actually play to our strengths most of the time. And to a great extent, that's a function of the fact that we define strengths in the wrong way. We define them as what we're good at and the weakness is what we're bad at. And of course, that can't be true because there's an awful lot of things that we're really good at that we hate and that drag us down and that drain us of strength, of energy. And if you have something like that, where you're really, really good at it, but you hate it, then you wouldn't call it a strength because it actually does the opposite. It depletes you. Um, so the proper definition of a, of a weakness is any activity that weakens you, even if you're good at it. And the proper definition of a strength is any activity that strengthens you, even if you're not good at it yet. If there's an activity, situation, a context, that invigorates you, that's a strength. Performance is what you're good at, bad performance is what you're bad at, but a strength is what strengthens you. And of course, what that means is twofold. One, it means that you're the best judge of your strengths, no one else is. No one mm. else can come in and say, well, no, no, that, that's a strength of yours, because they don't know, they'll never know. Your teachers don't know, your parents don't know. Henry will know his strengths way before you will. And of course, your boss doesn't know. Now, there's nothing in the world of business, Microsoft, Virgin, no company does this very well at all, sadly. But to help people to understand what their particular strengths are, that's their own journey and their own sort of ongoing search for those things that invigorate them is what a career should be. The second thing, of course, is that what this means is that everybody's life speaks to them a language that only they understand. You don't know from someone's gender or their race or their religion or their nationality what strengthens them. You have no idea. Some people are strengthened by confrontation. Some people depleted. Some people strengthened by empathy, feeling the emotions of others. Some people are freaked out by trying to do that. Um, who knows what strengthens you and what doesn't? What we do know is that your career should be an ongoing scavenger hunt for that. Your career should be an ongoing search to learn how to speak your own love language. There aren't five love languages, right? There's nine billion of them. And your career should be an ongoing deliberate search for those things that strengthen you. You don't have to do them all day. But even if you just did use your strengths once a day, that would put you in the tiny minority of people who are most successful in the world. So whether you stay and grow in the course of a 25-year career with one company, which is still possible today, mm -hmm. or whether you search around for a variety of different roles, the overall goal is the same, 
to try to figure out what situations or contexts or people invigorate you so that you can then turn that love into contribution. You do that well, and you'll be in a tiny minority, sadly, but you'll also be more successful and more fulfilled. So I'm thinking about the role of a manager, the role of a manager who can help somebody to find out what energizes them and give them a space where they can talk about that in a way that feels they can be confident in talking about, well, this is the thing that energizes me. This is the thing that takes my energy away. This is when I feel like I'm at my best. Those sorts of things that you've talked about. If I was that manager and I was in, you know, one to one with somebody in my team, what are the sort of questions that I should be asking them to help them to get to that level of self-awareness? Well, the simplest way to do it is to give your manager a team leader. You give your team member a blank sheet of paper or a blank pad and you draw a line down the middle of it. And on the top of the left hand column that you've made, you put loved it. And the top of the right hand column, you write loathed it. And you say to the person, just take this around with you for a week. And there are very clearly three signs to any strength. Anytime you see one of the three signs, scribble it down in the loved it column. And then the opposite of the three signs, write it down in the loathed it column. And the three signs are time bound. So the first sign is before you do something, you find yourself, you just find yourself instinctively looking forward to doing it. The second sign is that while you're doing it, time speeds up. There's some sort of weird relationship between strengths and time so that it feels like you've been doing it for five minutes. You look up, it's an hour's just whipped by. And then at the end, when you're done with it, you sort of almost quasi feel like you want to do it again. It's that feeling where when you're done with it, you feel bigger. You feel like the biggest version of you. So before you do it, you look forward to it. While you're doing it, time's speeding up. And when you're done with it, you kind of want to do it again. Hey, team member, take the pad around with you for a week. And whenever you see any one of those things happening, just scribble it down in the loved it column. And anytime you see one of the opposite signs, before you're doing it, you try to push it off. While you're doing it, it feels like you've been doing it for, for an hour. You look up, it's five minutes. So it's the other way around. And then when you're done with it, you're like a husk. You're emptied out. And when you do that, then the person was going to come back to you at the end of the week and go, what, you know, here it is. And what that does for a team leader is it shuts you up. Because as a team leader, we're so often, we're, we're so busy giving advice. Here, let me give you some feedback. No, let me give you some more feedback. Apparently, it's very important for me to give you candid feedback. I'm going to give you some candid feedback. You ready some feedback? I'm going to sit down and give you some feedback. So we do a lot of that, which of course is the data would show just completely useless, that like we all of us need to, as team leaders, stop with the feedback. No one cares. And me telling you how I would do it doesn't help you at all. So this is a way to flip that around and go, you know what, I'm going to shut up as a team leader. You're going to take a blank pad around with you. You're going to just simply pay attention to the emotional reactions of a regular week of work. And then you're going to come back to me with actual activities and your reaction to them. Once you've done it, then you can start tipping the floor in that direction. That's not selfish. That's like, that's contribution. To be controversial, someone comes back and the loathed it is like 60% of their job. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's the job that you're in at the moment. I mean, I think I would then see my role as to say, well, okay, let's explore some career possibilities that use more of what you love in this organization and see if that opportunity exists for you. I would see that as my role as a manager rather than keeping somebody in a job that they were doing where the, predominantly they were doing things that they loathed. Well, first of all, that's interesting to come back and see the 60%. Like that would be kind of like, huh, that's good to know. And you don't actually have to, for a team leader, you have to realize you don't have to change anything. There's power in awareness your own, the team member's awareness. There's power and awareness of going, these activities are in the loathed it column, these are in the loved it. There's just power and awareness. Then of course there's double power in the manager's awareness of your awareness. And then there's awareness of your awareness of their awareness. Awareness works like that. You don't have to change anything. You've just shared it. That's not a bad place to start. Second, we know that in the UK, 
73% of people say they have the opportunity to modify their job to fit their strengths better. So that doesn't mean that there's not 27% of people that are like, I can't move. But there's an awful lot of us who go, no, I've got the freedom to modify my job to fit my strengths better. And how better is better? Does the 60% have to go to zero? No. In fact, the question that I started this off with is, do you have a chance to use your strengths every day? Not all day, every day. Just how about once? By the way, we know when you have that, when you say yes or strongly agree to my strengths every day, you're much more likely to be rated high in terms of your performance, much less likely to miss work, much less likely to voluntarily leave the organization. All sorts of good outcomes happen when it's just once a day. So in a sense, all you have to do, if you've got your loved it and loathed it, to begin with, before you start going, well, we need to find a different job for you. I mean, you look at the most successful people you know, you look at them and you think, well, how did you find that job? You lucky thing, how did you find that job? And yet you push on that at all and you do any research around them and what you discover is they didn't find it. They took a generic job description and then they built it. They made it, they made it fit them. So very last question for you. A lot of people at the moment, because of COVID, are looking at new roles. They are going through a period of significant career change and they're exploring new roles and new career possibilities. If I am going for a role and I want to make sure that it uses as much of the things that energise me as possible, are there any ways of framing how I'm talking about my strengths so I can get curious to see whether is what energises me what this role needs in that kind of exploring of the new job? Well, two things on that. One is, if you're going to be taking a new job, then one of the first questions to be asking is what outcomes this job is supposed to create. So very often we define jobs not by outcomes, but by methods, by the skills or competencies or attributes that a particular person should have for that job, which of course, sadly, is completely the wrong way to define a job, a job you define by the outcomes that you are expected to create. So if you're looking for a new role, always start there. The simplest way to ask that is, what will this person be paid to do? Don't talk about competencies or models or any of these skills or traits I'm supposed to possess, that's all theoretical, what am I getting paid to do? It's a lovely place to start. And if the outcome doesn't in some way invigorate you, then that's non-trivial. The outcome of the job itself has got to make you go, huh, it's got to intrigue you in some way. It's got to draw you in in some way and no judgment. Like who knows what we're all intrigued by in terms of outcomes, but, but start with those outcomes. If you go into a service role and it's like, well, we got to try and make the guest happy. That's what it is. We're going to make the guest happy. There is an awful lot of people who go, I don't, and that's okay, that's not bad. Just don't go into a job where you're paid to do that. The second thing is I would strongly suggest if there's a way to do this, and again, we don't do this that much, but can you talk to or interview anybody who's currently in that job? Talk to anyone, even if they're not in the same company, but they're in the same job in a different company. What do you love about it? And I always push, always push for the detail. It's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. What are you doing? What about, I don't know, nine o'clock on a Friday morning? So find somebody who's in the job. Maybe they'll let you talk to somebody who's currently in the role at the company. Not that you would derive the same joy from the job as they would, that's not necessarily the point. But you're trying to hear what energizes the people that are in that role so that you can begin to see whether or not there's any part of that, there's any part of that that brings greater vividness to you about what would be available to you at that job. So the first thing is outcomes. And then the second thing mm -hmm. is, if I could talk to two or three or four people and go, what do you love? What do you get a kick out of? And then you're pushing for the detail. Oof. Now you've got a good sense of like, just what's the raw material of activities or meetings or 
demands that are made on you that are going to be coming at you like water from a hose, are these sorts of things the sorts of things that might begin to invigorate you? Or are you like just flat when you hear them? Um, that doesn't mean, and you last point on this, right? But it doesn't mean you can't scavenge. There may be something at some point that you go into that you think to yourself, I would hate that. And then for whatever daft reason, you find some angle around it that you love. I mean, for me, I like interviewing people. So I've just turned every party that I had to go to, I just picked three people sequentially and I interviewed them for about 20 minutes. I'm clearly, I was trying to figure out a way to manage around something that drained the crap out of me. So that doesn't mean that there won't be sometimes in some jobs that are like that. But before you did get into that, ask about outcomes and then ask to talk to a couple of people that are currently in the role and figure out what invigorates them. That's good, good content. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation with Marcus. We really hope that you took some insights away from the conversation and we'd love to get your reflections. You can share those with us uh, either on Instagram, we're just at amazingif, so maybe followers and direct messages. We'd love to know. We always post about the podcast on Instagram as well, so you can leave it in the comments or just email us if that is easier. It's Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. We love hearing from you. It really helps us to know as well that the podcast is helpful and what bits particularly resonate with you. Right at the start, I mentioned the free strengths assessment you can do. If you do want to do that and if it'd be helpful for you, if you just go to marcusbuckingham.com, you can take his free standout strengths assessment. Now, it's only free during COVID. I don't actually know how much it was before, but it's free now. And I think it is one of the best ones that you can get currently for free. You get quite a detailed report, helps you to think about your strengths slightly differently. It also uh, helps you to talk about your strengths with other people. It's just a useful thing as part of your reflection. I definitely recommend going and doing it, but I'd do it soon before that offer disappears. Uh, So tomorrow I'll be back and I'll be talking to Bianca Miller-Cole all about personal branding. Bianca is a real expert in this space and as well as talking to us about what it actually means to have a personal brand and how you develop it and some mistakes that people make. We also deep dived into three listeners' personal brands. So three listeners had got in touch and they said, yes, you can look at my personal brand and you can critique it on the podcast. So we're going to be doing that in that episode as well. It's really practical, loads you can take away. So if that's something that you think would help you right now, you know, investing in your personal brand, developing it, building your profile, highly recommend listening to that one tomorrow. Whether this is your first time listening or you are a regular listener, we hugely appreciate you choosing to spend your time with us. If you could spend five minutes leaving us a review wherever you listen, we would really, really appreciate it. It's one of the ways that we're able to reach more people because more people find out about us and ultimately help them with their career, which is what we are all about, both in this podcast and in the work that Sarah and I do outside of it. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for that review. And we'll be back to speak with you very soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.